In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we got a two-part episode for you today covering week 11 of the NFL. First, we're going to get into that thriller in Vegas. Last Sunday night's game between the Chiefs and Raiders was one to be seen. Also, it's Baltimore's season over. They blew another late lead and two attack a little benched. What's next for Miami? All that coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Today's episode, we're going over the Week 11 recap there in the NFL. Wow, another exciting weekend. Some great football. And let's get started. We're going to run through the scores here real quick. Eagles lose in Cleveland, 17-22. Chubb had 114 yards rushing there for Cleveland and as they come out with a win. Saints beat the Falcons there without Drew Brees by a final 24-9. Taysom Hill, 233 yards passing, 51, 51 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. Washington beat Cincinnati 20-9. Big takeaway from this game is Joe Burrow left the game in the third quarter with a torn ACL. Some sad news there for the rookie. We all wish him well. See him next year. Panthers beat the Lions, shut him out 20-0. P.J. Walker, the XFL star, filled in for Teddy Bridgewater. He threw for 258 yards and a touchdown. Pittsburgh stays undefeated. They are now 10-0 with the win over the Jaguars by a final 27-3. Big Ben, 267 yards, two touchdowns. Titans win in Baltimore in overtime by a final 30-24. Derrick Henry had a game-winning touchdown there in overtime. He ran the ball for 133 yards, in that, including that game-winning touchdown there in overtime. Patriots lose to the Houston Texans 27-20. Cam Newton had 365 yards passing but and a touchdown, but it wasn't enough in the loss. The Broncos beat the Dolphins 20-13. Two Tagovailoa actually got benched there in the fourth quarter as the Broncos' defense had six sacks on him and made his day not worth it at all. Chargers beat the Jets. They were able to hang on there in the second half, 34-28. Justin Herbert continues his stellar play by throwing for 366 yards and three touchdowns. The Colts beat the Green Bay Packers there in overtime by a final of 34-31. Packers only scored three points the second half as that Indianapolis defense pretty much shut them out there and came out with a big victory over Green Bay. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings by a final of 31-28. Andy Dalton returned there, passing for three touchdowns as the Cowboys get back on the winning streak in that horrible NFC East division. And the thriller in Vegas last night, Sunday night football primetime. The Chiefs beat the Raiders in the Classic by a final of 35-31. 348 yards passing there for Patrick Mahomes and two touchdowns. And that is the game we're going to start with. Can anyone really stop Patrick Mahomes? I mean, really, can anyone stop him? He had another game-winning touchdown there. We know... It was only the Raiders' fault because you knew what was going to happen with like a minute and a half left in the game. That's too much time to give Pat Mahomes because you know he's going to go down there and score a touchdown real quick. And that's what happened, unfortunately, there. But again, going through the stats, you know, Pat Mahomes 
34 of 45, 348 yards, two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 69 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell siding in this game, too. He had a rushing touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 102 yards, touchdown. And Travis Kelsey was just unstoppable. Nobody could match up with him on that Raiders defense. He finished with eight catches, 127 yards in that game-winning touchdown there. Um, Derek Carr for the Raiders. He had a pretty damn good game himself. 23 of 31, 279. Three touchdowns, a pick. Jacobs had 55 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. But now the Chiefs are now 9-1 on the season. Raiders dropped to 6-4. And, and the season series is now tied 1-1. The Raiders beat them earlier in the year, 40-32. That is the only Chiefs loss. And they almost had it last night, too. I'll tell you what. That Raiders team came out and fighting. There was a news report earlier during the week leading up to the game of how when they went into Kansas City, I guess they circled around the stadium after the win when they beat him earlier in the year. So I guess, uh, you know, they try to create some storylines, some, you know, bad blood there. But they were in the black hole. If you want to call, can we call Vegas the black hole? Or is that just Oakland now? <laughs> it still feels weird calling them the Las Vegas Raiders. And I know I'm going to keep calling them Oakland for us continuously by mistake. But the Las Vegas Raiders, they came to play last night. They were out there playing. They just couldn't stop Pat Mahomes. They're like, who else can? And the Raiders have the formula. They're, I like the formula they have in beating the Raiders because they know the only shot in beating them is just outscoring them, outdoing them on the offensive side of the ball. And Derek Carr has been playing very, very, very well this year. And, yeah, they're 6-4. And, and if the playoffs started today, guess what? The Chiefs and Raiders will have another matchup. Two seed would be the Chiefs. The seventh seed would be the Raiders. So they would actually host the Raiders again for that big-time third matchup. And I think that's a very likely possibility to happen because that's one of the reasons why the Raiders drafted Henry Ruggs. They see them as their Tyreek Hill, the guy that can just burn you down the field, get over the top, and this has incredible speed. And that is... Their formula and run the ball. Like I like Josh Jacobs only had 55 yards on the ground this time around. They didn't hit 129 yards in the previous meeting, and I think that's one of the main reasons why they did lose. Because they, when you stop Pat Mahomes once, you have to score and chew up the clock that next possession. If you don't, you're going to be in trouble come the end of the game. And they also didn't get any pressure on Pat Mahomes really. Their defense really did. No sacks by either defense in this game. It was a straight-up scoring fest. And whoever had the ball at the end was more likely going to win. Derek Carr did get it there at the end, but there was just not too many, too much time left on the clock. He threw that pick. That was his only pick of the game there at the end with under 30 seconds left. I mean, that was – I don't really count that because, man, you just need more time on the clock <laughs> to come out there with a win. But I really like this Raiders team. I believe they're actually going to make the playoffs. They're a really good team. You look at the next three games by both of them, you know, that was a big, could have been a huge win for the Raiders because they've only been a game back. Now that the division is completely out of reach. And the Chiefs, let's face it, they're going to win that division. They're breaking away now. They're going to be, you know, if the Steelers can lose a game, the Steelers stayed undefeated. They're 10-0. The Chiefs are 9-1 right now 
Like, they could possibly get that first seed in the bye. Because remember, the second seed doesn't get byes anymore. They started that last year. But you look at the next three games, they play at Tampa Bay next. For the, so it'll be a big battle there for Pat Mahomes going up against Tom Brady. They have the, And they face the Broncos. And then they have at Miami. For the Raiders, you're looking at at Atlanta, at the Jets, in a game versus the Colts. So the scheduling gets a little bit easier there for the Raiders. Um, but the Chiefs are going to run away with the division. I still think the Raiders are going to get in the playoffs. I think we're going to get another rematch. You know, part three, Raiders and Chiefs. Because I think the Raiders are one of the few teams in the league that can still beat the Chiefs. They've already proven it this year. And I think they're the one of the best teams in the AFC to have a chance of beating them again. And I put them up there with Pittsburgh as like the two teams that can just give the Chiefs a problem in the AFC. Maybe even possibly the Colts because their defense is very, very well-rounded and very, very, very well-coached. So I can't even throw, maybe throw the Colts in there. It's just a matter of them being well on offense. But Pittsburgh and the Raiders, they're the two teams that can give and can't see a run for the money. Now jumping into the next topic. What is going on in Baltimore? Are they done or not? They lost another nail biter again with a, you know, another game where they are leading by 10 plus points and they blow it. This was not be this team last year. They lost in overtime to the Tennessee Titans by a final of 30 to 24. Ryan Tannehill threw for 22 of 31, 259 yards, two touchdowns, pick. But Derrick Henry was able to just wear him out there in the second half and especially overtime. Yeah, 133 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson just continues to struggle in the passing game. And he went 17 of 29, 186 yards, a touchdown, a pick. And then you look at 13 carries for 51 yards. 13 carries a year ago for this team by Lamar Jackson, you were hitting 100. And nobody on the team now is really running the ball well for him. They just look slow. And it's something like, where is this team and what happened to it? They were pounding him out. It was Lamar Jackson on those zone reads. It was those big two, three tight end sets. It was Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards and everybody just, you know, going through the line like nobody can stop him. Now, J.K. Dobbins is out there. He's doing his thing a little bit, but it's it's just not working. This all seems so slow. And to make matters worse in this game, the Tennessee Titans had a little meeting out there in the Baltimore midfield, pretty much stomping on the logo, and their head coach runs out there, John Harbaugh, and tries to get him off the field because they're disrespecting their own home field, and nobody from the Baltimore Ravens is out there. The whole entire Tennessee Titan team is out there on the logo, and everybody on Baltimore was just chilling on the sideline. And the head coach runs out there and says, we're not having it. And nobody on the Baltimore players follow them out. I find this soft. Baltimore Ravens this year are soft up front. They're soft on the defensive line, offensive line. It just seems like they're all soft in general this year. Because that Baltimore defense, all the missed tackles that they're doing out there, that's not Baltimore football. 
That's not Baltimore football. Baltimore football was physical, punching in the mouth of the run game, and play great defense. And that's not happening right now. It's not happening at all. And the offensive side of the ball, what I take away from it, they just seem, it, you know, everything was just so easy last year. They could just run the ball whenever they wanted to, whatever down, and just pound you. Up front, the offensive line will move you all the way back. No matter who got the ball, you were hitting the hole and you were gone. They're the best rushing team in the league last year. They were rushing the ball 200 plus yards a game. Just about. It seemed like that's what the they were. And they've done it at times this year. But it's not working. It just seems slow. Like Lamar Jackson is the fastest guy on the field. And even he seems slow. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just like the misdirections are just so slow. The When he runs those play-action fakes and rollouts, it just seems like it takes the receiver like Hollywood Brown or, or somebody just so long to run the route. It's nothing quick. You know, where's the quick slants? Where's the little quick wide receiver screen? Where's the little screen plays? Where's the, you know, where's something in this to get the ball out and just go? It just seems like the plays they run take so long to develop. I mean, they had a nice play there with Mark Andrews there for a touchdown, but other than that, their offense was pretty stagnant. And it just, I don't, they even got Des Bryant out there on the field. He had four catches, 28 yards. So it's nice to see, you know, Des Bryant out there contributing a little bit. But we all know that that's not going to work. He's slow too. He's at the end of his career. He had, is he getting his first action, you know, a couple years, three years. And he's, he's the definition of the offense. When you really boil it down, he's slow now in his career. And now the whole Ravens offense is slow. You got all those fast people, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown. Why does it take you so long to run your route? Get open quick. Willie Sneak, get open quick. These guys got to get open quicker. Needs to be a lot. The quick pass game needs to come back. The ground and pound needs to come back. When you're up over 10 points against the Tennessee Titans, you're up big again. And you allow Ryan Tannehill to come back. You allow Derrick Henry to wear your defense down. That's not Baltimore football. Before you could just run the ball, you was cooking. Controlling the time of possession and the clock. And this is the clock in general. Like, and you ran the ball down on people's throats there in the second half if you had a lead. Why pass the ball? Why are you sitting there dropping back trying to make Lamar Jackson this pocket passer? He is not a pocket passer. He never will be. He's not very accurate with the ball. So use his strengths. Let's get the offensive line going. Get the ground game going. Get Lamar Jackson out in the open field where he can dance. Guy's struggling. He is struggling so bad this year. It's very hard to watch. And the season is slipping away faster than you can think. They've now lost three of four. With this loss to Tennessee, Tennessee improved to seven and three. Baltimore dropped to six and four. They are now third in the AFC North. Guess who's ahead of them? Obviously, we know Pittsburgh there at 10 and 0. 
But the Cleveland Browns are 7-3. and three, And they are better than you. The Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen. The Cleveland Browns are now better than the Baltimore Ravens. And what can make matters even worse. Look at these next three games for the Baltimore Ravens. At Steelers there, Thanksgiving night. First, the Cowboys at Browns. Two of the next three against the division rivals who are ahead of them in the standings, and their season is slipping away. If they don't win that game Thursday night, you can kiss their playoff hopes goodbye. They will not make it. They would be having a disappointing season if they have to win Thursday night. Because if they don't, their season is over. And it's just a waste. And they need to get some heart. They need to get some toughness back in there. I know John Harbaugh, their head coach, is pretty damn pissed after this loss. And again, blowing a lead in the second half when you're up. That can't happen. And big, big game. Thanksgiving night versus Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, you have to come out with a win. Wish y'all luck because they, they do not win that game. I'm saying it again. Their season is over. And now, going out from one struggling quarterback to another struggling quarterback yesterday. Man, the Dolphins winning the Denver. Looking. High hopes. Five game win streak. Everybody is happy. Miami fans are standing up. And we're sitting back down. Because... The Broncos came out with a big 20-13 victory. And two attack of Loa got benched in the fourth quarter. Poor play. He was 11 of 20. 83 yards, a touchdown. He was sacked six times. Six. He just could not get out of packet, pocket. And Ryan Fitzpatrick came in on, in relief there. You know, he was just slinging the ball over. He didn't care. <laughs> he was just slinging it. They were able to get a field goal out of it. And then the... You know, pass to the end zone there to have a chance to tie was picked off in the end zone on a pass to Devontae Parker, and that ended all Miami hopes. So now Tua gets his first loss as an NFL starting quarterback, and on top of it, he was benched. My biggest takeaway with this, he got put on the injury report during the week by a foot, and he was just getting hit hard in the game. And it looked like they took him out there because he wasn't really protecting himself. He was playing very small in the pocket. After that one sack, Brian Flores, I guess, came up to him in the fourth quarter. It was like I think it was the last drive was like eight and a half minutes, and told him he was he was sitting down. And during the game, I didn't know if he was got actually hurt on that play. Maybe he tweaked something, and that was the case. But he came on a post game conference at the end of the game and said he loses bench because of poor play, but he will start. He is going to start next week, but. He, you know, he remains the starter, but you got to take away from this game. The biggest thing I take away is it seems like when Tua's in the pocket, he plays so, so small. Like the pocket collapses around him, and he just looks like a little kid out there, like, you know, gasping for help. Like it is, he just plays so small. And he holds on to the ball way too long. That was one of the big problems he had in college sometimes. He would hold on to the ball too long and take sacks. 
and this has been my been pretty on point when it comes to my take on this, and this is how I still feel after watching him play football. I wanted Miami to go with Justin Herbert, and the reason, the only reason why I really said it, I did not know Justin Herbert was going to come out balling this year. He looks like phenomenal. Did not know that was going to happen so quick. But the reason I want to win, because I know he had that strong arm. I feel like I got a little bit too much flack there in Oregon during a couple of those games. But I just, the way his presence in the pocket and his cannon for an arm made me like him over Tua because of the injury, too. I don't have to worry about that part so much. I feel like every snap Tua takes, I feel like the kid is just going to get injured. By this, this, the way he stands in the pocket, I'm just afraid he's just going to get injured by some ticky tack, you know, freaky little tackle. And I actually thought he got injured his foot really bad during that, during one of those sacks. And that's why this one might, oh man, I want it to work out. I really want it to work out. And maybe it still will. But right now, it's looking like Miami made the wrong move. And just by this game, because and Justin Herbert is balling out there for the Chargers. But Miami fans, we got to stay patient. We got to hope it works. It was just one bad game by him. Would it ruin his confidence by Brian Flores taking him out? No. Because it just looked like he just wasn't protecting himself. The offense wasn't been moving. Has, it hasn't been moving really that well at all since he even became the starter. But we all know... Ryan Fitzpatrick has, he has some magic in him, but he also has some very tragic moments where you just want to scratch your head because he, he's a gunslinger. So going forward, will Tua bounce back? I, he, he can't play any worse than how he did in Denver. The offensive line couldn't play any worse like they did. They were running all these little stunts, you know, on the defensive line. It seemed like the offensive line just wasn't. You know, comprehending the little stunts they were doing. And Eric Flowers, that left guard, really, really struggled at times. He, The offensive line's young. They still have a couple of rookies sitting on that offensive line. So time will tell. They still have a chance at the business. It's still only a game out. They're only a game out from Buffalo at 6-4 and four here now. But going forward... With two up bounce back, I expect him. The kid has a lot of heart. I expect him to play a lot better than how he did this game. But man, will it hurt his confidence? Absolutely not. I don't believe it hurt his confidence whatsoever. It's just a matter of playing better, offensive line playing better. You got to have some kind of run game. Dolphins still don't have a run game at all. The defense is bailing them out every chance they get, but they can't stop them every possession. But time will tell. I expect Tua to rebound. They're playing the winless Jets next week in New York. They're 0-10. Now, they lose to the Jets. And Tua struggles there versus the Jets. And the, yeah, then I will start panicking. I will be panic mode Tanner. And I will be going nuts. So I'm a big time Ivy Dolphin fan. <laughs> And if I see Tua going to New York and lose to Adam Gase and the New York Jets, old bug-eyed 
you know, wannabe QB whisperer uh, Adam Gase, and if Joe Flacco starts for them, especially again, and there's no Sam Darnold, and they lose to the Jets, I will go crazy. I will go nuts. I will go crazy. That better not happen. So Tua, telling you right now, you better bounce back. You better forget how you play this game. The whole team should forget how they play this game. Focus on the damn Jets and beat them soundly. Because if you lose to the winnest Jets, my heart will just be broken. My heart will just be broken. And that's going to do it for part one today. Be sure to stay on here, tune in, and catch part two on the NFL Week 11 recap. Remember, this is available on all streaming platforms. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, you name it. iHeartRadio, whatever platform you choose is your favorite. It is on there. Check out the official website at FeelyHeatEntertainment.com. That's FeelyHeatEnt.com for your latest scores, updates, and news regarding the show and then the world of sports. And check out the official Instagram there at FeelyHeatEnt. FeelyHeatEntertainment, yeah, everybody. Thank you again. Sports Talk from the Crib. Tanner Christian here. Stay tuned. Catch you in a little bit.